Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor John Butler speaks from the subject of Even When It Hurts at Home. And now, here is Pastor John Butler with today's message. 1 Peter chapter 2, we're going to read verses 9 through 12. Let's read this together, reading from the NIV today. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Look at this, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare, so this is the reason that you are all those things, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you, listen, as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. Lord, we thank you that you have claimed us and called us your own. God, I just pray today that you would illuminate our hearts and our minds to receive the word that you, that you have placed in my heart for today. Lord, I believe that you have sent people here today for this word. Lord, maybe not everybody, but I believe that this is the word that you've ordained for today, and I pray that you'd help us to open our hearts and our minds to receive it. God, I pray that you'd perform that miracle of communication that you did on the day of Pentecost. That, that one person will speak one message and everybody will hear it in the way that they need to understand it. And the way that it applies to them. Lord, I pray that you'd change our lives as a result of it. We don't want to walk out the same today that we walked in. And that happens by your presence and by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Saul of Tarsus. You remember that introduction in the Bible? Simon of Cyrene. Jesus of Nazareth. For centuries, people have been known by where they're from. They're known by where they're from. The place they call home. Sometimes it's a hometown. Sometimes it's a literal home. A house. A place. People say home is where the heart is. Have you heard that? I think home is a lot more than that. Home is what defines you. Home is what gives you your identity. It names you. It grounds you. It teaches you what's right and what's wrong. It teaches you what's good and bad. Your stability is found at home. Your identity is found at home. No matter, no matter how old we are or how far away we from it we've traveled, home is an important place in our lives. Miranda Lambert saying, 
a, a, a country song about the place where she grew up. And I love the title. It's called the, the House That Built Me. The House That Built Me. A lot of you grew up in a lot of different houses. So uh, different towns, different states, maybe even different countries. So for you, the concept of home is not tied to a house. My background is different. Um, it's, it's really much more like Miranda Lambert describes it in this song. My family moved to South Carroll County to Clem when I was three years old. Uh, I, I have exactly two memories from our house in Atlanta. Uh, neither of them are particularly significant, but, but with the exception of those two recollections, every memory I have of my childhood, every major event, every tragedy, every milestone, everything took place in and around that one house. Every room of that house is filled with memories for me. You know, you know you've been in a place long enough when, when you remember what it used to be. Y'all ever give directions around town for, oh, you know where so-and-so used to be, right? You, you know that's really kind of your home if you've been there that long. I, I remember what every room in the house used to be. I remember the room that used to be my sister's rooms. Two different sisters were in that, in that room. And then it turned into a study for me and my brother after my sisters moved out. And then my parents turned it into a laundry room after my brother and I moved out. I can show you the tree where we hung the basketball goal. I can take you to the place where we had our tree house. I can um, show you the ditch that I dug uh, or helped to dig to the well when our, when our water line broke and we had to replace it. I can take you to the place where my mother and I used to play board games together. We'd play Yahtzee and Boggle. I can show you the window that I shot a BB through that my brother swore almost killed him when I did that. The house, for me, was, was my home until Valerie and I got married. In 2015, my mother passed away. Many of you remember when that happened. One Sunday morning. It had been a really long and exhausting weekend. So once we left the hospital, uh, we went home and, and just crashed. And later that day, we started thinking about everything we'd need for the, for the, for the coming days. The visitation, the funeral, and... We knew we were going to need a few things, and we needed to go shopping, so we wound up going to Carrollton, and, and I was, I, I, I'll never forget this. I was standing in Target, and I was still tired, and I was emotionally drained and probably still a little bit numb, and I had the strangest thought. I, I, had, this, I had the thought about that house, the house where my mother had lived until the day she went into the hospital for the last time. And when I thought about that house, I had two completely instant gut-level reactions, all, both at the same time. On the one hand, that place was the last place on earth I wanted to go because I had just lost my mom like less than 12 hours ago or, or, or maybe 12 hours ago. On the other hand, a much stronger feeling was pulling me there. I wanted to go home. Even though I knew it would be painful, even though I knew it would be difficult, I wanted to go home. Many of you have made a similar journey for one reason or the other. But that experience, it was in that experience that I had a thought that I've not been able to shake for one reason or the other. I was confused as to why I so badly wanted to go to that house even though I knew it would be painful for me. And this was, this was the answer that came to me in that moment and has not left me since then. Even when it hurts, 
it's home. Even when it hurts, it's home. It's a concept that's born out in Scripture. There, there's a pull and inertia towards the familiar. A connection to what you've always known that's far more comfortable than the unknown. A tendency towards being what you, to, to be what you've always been rather than to take a chance on something different, even if that something is better. In Genesis, Lot's wife couldn't resist looking back to Sod, the city of Sodom, even though it was so sinful that God destroyed it with fire. But the pull of Sodom was so great for her that though she had been delivered from judgment by an angel of God, her heart was still clearly in Sodom. It had become her home. And even though she was not in Sodom anymore, Sodom was still clearly in her. King Agrippa in, in Acts chapter 26 he refused to consider Paul's invitation to become a Christian. He decided that he would rather stay just as he was. He was perfectly fine just as he was. He would rather stay who he was than surrender to what he knew in his heart to be the truth. So whether it's a literal place like a house, or it's an identity that you've created for yourself, or it's a lifestyle to which you've grown accustomed, the pull of home is strong. Why do battered women stay in, relation, in abusive relationships? Why do abused children tend to marry spouses that are just like their abusing parent? Why do addicts continue to use when they know their habit's killing them? Why do adulterers, adulterers continue to cheat on their spouses even though they know it's destroying their marriages? Why do criminals continue to commit crimes knowing that they will eventually get caught? Because it's become home. They've become defined by it. There's a twisted kind of comfort in knowing who you are even if you don't like it and even if it brings pain. Because even if it hurts, it's home. I've known foster kids who so longed to go home even when home was a car or a tiny, filthy apartment. When mom was an addict, when dad was an abuser. But if you ask them where they want to go and what they want to do, they're going to say they want to go home because even when it hurts, it's still home. I've stood beside the bedside of a person addicted to pain medication where they begged me to get them another shot of it, although they knew it was killing them. But it become home for them. And even when it hurts, even when it's killing you, it's still home. Can I ask you a question? What's home for you? What's home for you? How have you defined yourself? From what do you take your identity? What do you keep returning to time and time again, convinced that this is all you're ever going to be? Are you always the victim? Are you always looked over? Always the, always the workaholic? Always broke? Always the addict? Always the cheater? Always the criminal, always miserable in your marriage, always the black sheep, always the one who screws everything all up, always, always what? Fill in the blank for yourself. What have you allowed to define your life 
up to this point? What have you stopped making excuses for and now have just decided to accept it? I'm just like my daddy. I'm just like my mom. It's just the way I am. Listen to me today. You don't have to settle for the way it's always been. You do not have to be defined by anything or anyone in your past. You do not have to accept what you've always known as if it's all there is for you. God has a plan for each and every one of us, and it's better than anything we could have ever dreamed up on our own. I want to show you the Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. When you give your life to Jesus, all the old ways of defining yourself go away. You're a brand new creation. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you've been. It doesn't matter who did what to you. That doesn't define you. It doesn't matter what you were born into. Jesus said when you come to Him, you're born what? You're born again. That means whatever situation you were born into on this earth has now been replaced by a new birth and a new home and a new father. So remember, home is what defines us. It's what teaches us our understanding of right and wrong. If we consider anything on this earth to be our home, then we're going to walk and talk and live by those standards, right? You're going to live the way you were raised. You're going to live according to what you call home. We'll allow our lives to be defined by those things. That'll be our normal. That'll be our magnetic north that we always realign to. But let me show you what happens when you do that. In Philippians chapter 3, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Because as I've often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many people live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. If you consider anything in your past or anything of this earth to be your home, that's where it leads. The things of this world will never lead you to the things of God. What we have to realize is that this world is not our home. Our home is heaven. Our our, our God is the Lord. Our opening scripture says we are temporary residents and exiles. We're foreigners here. This is not home. We're just, as the old song says, we're just passing through. The moment you give your life to Jesus, your citizenship changes. I want you to look at the very next verse from what we just read. So Paul says, a lot of you are, you got your mind on the earthly things and, and, and your God is your stomach, all that stuff. But he says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are citizens of heaven. He changed that for us. Home has changed for us. Home is not on this earth. Home is now in heaven. Colossians 3 says we are Christ's ambassadors. Do you know what an ambassador is or what an ambassador does? An ambassador represents the home country 
in a foreign land. They stay in an embassy, and that little piece of land, wherever that embassy is, that piece of land belongs to the home country. And their rules and their laws and their customs apply, not the laws and the customs of the, ho- of the host country. So at the French embassy in Washington, the laws and the customs of France are observed and obeyed there. That little piece of property is considered sovereign French territory. And we can't come on there unless we're invited. And that ambassador is a citizen of France, but he's on assignment in the United States. It's the same way with us as believers. Our home is now in heaven with Jesus, and we are simply ambassadors here. We are bound by the laws and the customs and the ways of heaven. We don't do things the way we used to do them because our new home is defining us now. Now our new home is teaching us right from wrong. I have a question for you. This is maybe the most important question of the day. Have you changed your home address? Have you changed your home address? There are people here today who who have never surrendered their lives to Jesus. People that need to change their address today. People who need to become a citizen of heaven today and then follow the ways and the customs of your new home that are written out for us in the Word of God. But listen, there are other people here who are believers, who are by position, ambassadors of Christ on this earth. But unfortunately, people who live more like the people in the host country than the people in the home country. It's time for you to change your address too. To change what you consider to be home in your mind. Until you change your home address, you're going to keep going back to that place or to that thing or to that person or to that identity because it's always defined you. And even if it's killing you, even if it hurts, it's home. And you're going to keep going back to it. People say, but that's just who I am. I'm just being true to myself. Let me ask you, would you rather be true to yourself or true to the truth of God? People say, well, I'm just following my heart. Well, listen, the Bible says our hearts are deceitful above everything on this earth. So you'll follow your heart right to hell. God God has given us His incredible power that will help us to break free from the bondage that's tying us to the wrong home. So do you want to change your address today? Do you want to change what you consider to be home? If you do, here are three quick but powerful things that will help you if you're willing to help you to be willing and able to change your home address. Change that place that you call home. Here's the first thing. You need to be brutally honest. Brutally honest about the past. Be brutally honest about the past. You've got to cut ties with your sugar-coated memories. Think about that for just a second. Cut ties with your sugar-coated memories. Stop romanticizing what has defined you in the past. You need to be brutally honest about what it was like. That's the only way that you're ever going to get motivated to get out. 
Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt by God's mighty power. That's what the book of Exodus is all about. But they got out in the wilderness. They got in unfamiliar territory with problems and challenges that they had never faced before. And what was their reaction? Their first reaction was, let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to Egypt. And then they said the the, the dumbest sounding stuff. They said, we had plenty to eat in Egypt. We knew what to expect in Egypt. We knew what life was like in Egypt. And it turned God's stomach. It made Him want to scream, Stop it! You were slaves in Egypt. Quit romanticizing what it was like. Do you not remember crying out to me for deliverance? Do you not remember your cruel taskmasters? Do you not remember that your children would be born into slavery and would die into slavery? Do you not remember what it was really like? Even though God had called them to a land of promise, even though he had been, they had been delivered from bondage and given freedom, their home address still called to them. Because even when it hurts, it's home. It's time for you to get honest with yourself about your past. About how you've defined yourself. About what you've settled for as normal. I've heard people talk about their time before they met the Lord as if it was the best time of their life. I I hear people talk. It's like they were living it up. And then Jesus came and took all their fun away. It's time to get brutally honest about all of that stuff. Here's the truth. If you believe the Word of God, here's the truth. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, this is what the Bible says is the truth about what was going on before you met the Lord. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. Let me read that to you from the Word. I must not have put that in the, in the Scriptures. Hey, there it is. As for you... Paul said, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Who is that? That's the devil. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest we were, nat- we were by nature deserving of wrath. Let me break this down for you. Let me tell you what the brutal truth was about the time before you met Jesus. Or if you haven't re- surrendered your life to Jesus, this is what the Bible says is going on in your life right now. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were, you were sinners and you were going to hell and you deserve to go to hell. That you were serving the devil, destined for for hell, far away from God, lost without hope, without God in this world. And that's the brutal truth. Stop romanticizing the past. Jesus bled and died to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. Stop, Stop substituting your truth for the truth. It's time to change your home address and you start by getting brutally honest about your past so you'll be motivated to leave it behind. Stop saying saying stuff like this. Stop saying stuff like, well, my dad drank a little too much sometimes. And just be honest and admit he was a drunk. 
If you don't get brutally honest about your past, you're going to wind up just like him. Stop saying stuff and making excuses for yourself now. Well, I lose my temper sometimes. Admit that you verbally abuse and emotionally abuse the people around you on a fairly regular basis. Because if you don't get brutally honest, you're going to give yourself permission to go back there time and time again because it still feels like home. Be honest enough about the devastation that it's caused so you don't, you're not tempted to go back there. So the first thing you have to do is get brutally honest about your past. Here's the second thing. If you want to change your home address, here's the second thing you've got to do. You've got to connect with the present. You've got to actually be fully connected in the present. You can't embrace your new hometown if you won't stop thinking about the old one. You've got to cut ties with the people from there. Stop taking the hometown newspaper, so to speak. Disconnect yourself from all that stuff. Because it's behind you. And you've got to find ways to replace those connections with new connections. Stop going to the places you used to go. Stop doing the things you used to do. Find new places and new people. You'll never get free from something until you get free to something else. You've got to replace it. Walking in freedom has got to lead you to a new home or else you'll just keep walking until you circle right back where you came from. Enthusiastically embrace where God has you right now. No, it's not the same. But it's good and it's necessary. And if you'll give it time, He will take you to where you need to go and that'll be better than it's ever been. Listen, if home is what defines you, you have to allow yourself to be redefined by the place that God's called you to now. New interests, new people, new influences, new experiences. But don't let all the new stuff freak you out. Don't let it affect you. Don't, let, don't get intimidated by it. Don't allow it to make you want to go back to the familiar. Listen, the pain of your past will not prevent you from returning to it if you don't figure out how to connect with your present. So we got to get brutally honest about where we came from and we got to get fully connected in the present. Here's the last thing today. If you want to change your home address, here's the third thing you have to do. You've got to buy into your future. You've got to buy in to your future. You've got to go all in about it. See, when Valerie and I moved to, to we, when we got married, we lived in, in an apartment in Carrollton. And about 25 years ago, we moved to Bremen. We bought our first house and moved to Bremen. And we went all in. I mean, our kids, we put our kids in Bremen schools. We wore the royal blue. We, we went to the parades and the ball games. And we, we got gas at the people pleaser, hallelujah. Nothing more Bremen than that, right? We, we got our groceries at Ingalls. Listen, we, we had places, I grew up in Carrollton, so we had places that we always got gas in Carrollton. We, got, we had places we always got groceries in Carrollton. But we, we moved to Bremen. So we started, we, we figured we in Rome, we're going to do as the Romans do, right? We, we in Bremen, we're going to do as the Bremenites do. So this, this is where we did live. We quit going to those old places. We replaced those places. 
So this was our home now. This is where we're going to do life together. So now we're, we've moved to Buchanan in, in, in uh, August. So now we're trying to do the same thing there. Is it more comfortable just go back to where we've spent the last 25 years building a life? Well, sure it is. But we can see ourselves as part of that community. So we go through the discomfort of not knowing everybody yet and not knowing exactly where to go for the stuff you need because we can see our future there. We're bought in. Joshua, who was the armor bearer to Moses, he grew up in Egypt just like everybody else did. He grew up as one of the children of Israel in Egypt. He was oppressed by slavery. Never knew what freedom was like. He wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of all the other people's disobedience. But when he reached the promised land, he laid aside all of that stuff for a new home. He refused to be defined as a slave. Listen, that's all he ever knew. He was a slave. But he refused to be defined as that. He took on a new definition, a new identity. He refused to be influenced by others who called Egypt home. He refused to be influenced by his current circumstance. He refused to be a rebel. And he declared this in Joshua chapter 24. He said, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves today who you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living now. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. You see, he could see what Israel was supposed to be. He caught a glimpse of the future of Israel. He, he understood what God brought him out for. Living wholeheartedly for God in the land that God had promised him and provided for him. Being God's people and him being their God. And once Joshua got a glimpse of the future that God had for him, he was willing to change his address once and for all. He said, Egypt is not my home. The wilderness is not my home. This land is my home and I'm going all in for my future. Listen, every person in this room today has to make a decision. Where's your home? Where's your home? What's going to define you? Are you going to be satisfied with living in the past? You're going to be satisfied with being dead in your trespasses and sins? You're going to be satisfied with being identified by some past event or by some past sin or by some past something that happened uh, that, that you had no control over? You're going to be, are you satisfied with being identified with that? Or are you going to embrace the future that God has provided for you through Jesus? Listen, you can be different. I'm getting away amens about that. You can be different than you were. Do you believe that this morning? You can be different. You can be better. You can be victorious. You can be healed. You can be forgiven. You can be clean. You can be sober. You can be successful. You can have a relationship. You can have a good job. You can get an education. You can be used by God. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength and who gives you your identity. But you have to decide where your home is. 
I don't know what you're going to do about it today, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're changing our address. A few months ago, our, my brothers and sisters and I sold the house. I rode by there last summer. And it looked, honestly, it looked virtually identical. There were some new cars in the driveway, but other than that, that was pretty much the only difference on the outside. But I learned something that day. It was the same house. Dimensions hadn't changed. Location hadn't changed. Nothing changed. But it was no longer my home. Why is that? Because my mama's not there. My family's not there. It holds no value for me anymore. Just memories. Just memories. If you'll surrender yourself to Jesus, or if you'll, if you'll take your identity, maybe you've already surrendered yourself, but you have failed to take His identity and allow it to de- redefine where home is for you. If you'll do that today, then there will come a day when you will think about the things that used to define you You'll think about what used to be home and you'll realize that it's just kind of become the shell of a house. Just the shell of a house that holds a memory. There's no appeal for you there. There's no draw back to there. There's nothing to go back to. And if you'll be honest with yourself, you might even discover there never was anything to go back to. See, our perceptions don't always match up with reality. But if you'll surrender to Jesus, He'll change your perceptions and He'll give you a reality that you never dreamed was possible. Because listen, there is a place where there's no more pain and there's no more past and there's no more tears and there's no more sin and there's no more heartache and it's a place that we can call home forever, forever. Won't you stand with me today? Listen, I don't know if this is for everybody. I started to pray on Wednesday, and you know, a pastor's prayer list is never, you never finish. It's just like a scroll, man. It just keeps going. So I started down the list of stuff, and, and I felt like the Spirit checked me, and I just said, you know what? God, you know about all this stuff. You know about all this stuff. I'm going to shut up now. And you just tell me what you need me to know. And there was not much awkward silence. He got busy. When we finally shut up to listen, turns out God's got a lot to say. And one of the things that he said during that moment, he brought this back up to me. Even when it hurts, it's home. I, 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 honestly, I was planning to write a song. No kidding. I've, I've done that in the past. I thought it was a song. That's why I was holding on to it. God said, no, this is, this is what you need, to, you need to preach this Sunday. Okay. So I don't know if this is for everybody, but I believe it was for somebody. And so I'm just going to do what we always do. We're just going to open the altar. And if you'd like to come and pray about this or about anything, then this altar is open. I'm going to pray and we're just going to ask the Lord to 
to open our eyes to see what truth of the word we need to grab a hold to today. Because I think sometimes we can dismiss the word real quickly. We say, well, that must have been for that person over there. Oh, I know it was for him. I know it was him. I know it was her. No, sometimes it's for us. We just don't see it. So let's, let's give the Holy Spirit just a second to actually say something to us about ourselves. Would you bow your heads with me, Father? Thank you for, for your word. and Thank you for speaking to us, God. Thank you for telling us what we need to know. We pray that you've been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast with Pastor John Butler. You can hear today's message in its entirety by visiting our website at covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.